Welcome to the Inspiring Leader Podcast. This is episode three, and today's guest is Tansley Stearns. She is the Chief People and Strategy Officer at Canvas Credit Union, where they have 26 branch locations in Colorado. She is a passionate credit union professional that believes in the power of cooperative finance and in helping people live their dreams. Listen to our host, Annette Matthews, and her guest, Tansley Stearns. Hey, welcome, Tansley. Thank you so much for uh, joining us on the Inspiring Leader podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs> have with me today uh, Tansley Stearns, who is the Chief People and Strategy Officer of Canvas Credit Union. So thank you so much for coming. Would love for you to tell me a little bit about your role at Kansas. What does a Chief People and Strategy Officer do? Sure. So I'm responsible for marketing strategy for the organization and then our people area, which some other organizations might call HR. Wonderful. Yeah. A little bit about how long you've been at Canvas and what's going on there. I know that you guys have had a lot of change going on. We have. So I have been here almost exactly a year, which I can't believe it's been one of the faster years of my life. But we're doing a lot here. You know, we're very, very lucky. Our CEO, Todd Marksbury, has been here almost four years now and has manifested a tremendous amount of positive change for the organization. And one of the big uh, responsibilities that I had when I first got here was helping with our rebrand. So we had been public service credit union for 80 years, you know, a long time name, real passion from our members as we did the research really about the organization. But the name, as with many credit unions, just had some pitfalls for us, you know, confusing to some consumers. And you know, while there wasn't a lot of negative thought about it, there wasn't a lot of strong passion about it either. So, you know, going through the process of doing the research, you know, we started with our internal family members, with our with our employees, with our our external members, and then of course with the community at large, and and got their insights certainly just to start about whether or not we should change the name, and then once we made the decision to change the name, went through a process. To do research, got about three names narrowed down, and then took it back to those that same group of folks to say, "Gosh, you know, we've got these three ideas." And it wasn't as though we were saying, "Hey, let's vote on this," but let's make sure that we fully understand as we look at these options what resonates and what doesn't. So, really fun. And and as I got on board, much of that work had already been done, but it was really then about how do we move into execution and you you think about a brand change like that it's amazing just how many tentacles it has across the organization you know I like to say it's kind of like finding coins under your cushion you think that you've swept really thoroughly and then the next week you find another penny somewhere and so (laughs) lots and lots of work to do but I think you know the one thing that we are so so proud of is that we really brought our family members along for that journey with us. We, from the beginning with the research, but then all the way through, we actually had an application process for what we call our Picassos. And so those are brand ambassadors for us. We had about double the number of people apply as we accepted. So there are just over 60 that ended up participating. And it's really a long-term commitment for those folks. You know, they are represent each of the functional areas, each of our branches, and really make sure that this brand isn't just about me. It's not just about Todd or our executive team. It's really about the entire organization and helping all of our family members and our members embrace this new identity that we have. 
Wonderful. Tell me about the name Canvas. Yeah. And what's the meaning behind it? Absolutely. So as we did the research, you know, we really thought it was important to come up with something that was not only meaningful, but that represented Colorado. You know, one of the pillars of our brand is that we love Colorado. We're very passionate about this place, as anybody who lives here would be. And so when we came up with the name Canvas and we started to test it, what we heard from people interestingly, were many different things. So we heard things like, gosh, it just feels like a strong fabric, or boy, it just feels very Colorado, or I think of a blank canvas where I could paint my financial picture, or, you know, it's so strong, that's what I want my financial institution to be like. And so what we loved about it was that it wasn't any one idea, but these multiple ideas that different people saw different things, and all of them very positive. Well, wow, fun. I know having worked also at a financial institution that went through a name change and all kinds of changes, it's a really fun time it is. to go through that and to think about a name change and re-identify, rebranding yourself. Yeah. It's also a crazy time. You said that this was uh, the shortest one year that you've ever <laughs> There's just so many things going on. Um, what are some of the lessons that you've learned amidst all of this change? Because I know it's not just the name change that you guys went through and the rebranding. There were a lot of other things that maybe still are going on in the organization. So maybe tell us about some of the other changes and um, just some lessons learned. Sure. So we are going through a tremendous amount of change. You know, Todd loves to tell the story that when he first got here, you know, the board was asking questions about, you know, what are some of the new and really sexy things that we're going to be doing? And, you know, his answer was, you know, gosh, we've got a lot of blocking and tackling to do. This is a really well-run organization and we are making a turn into this time where there's so much change. And so we had systems to update. We had this name to change. We had culture that we were manifesting. And so you're right. There's a, a tremendous amount of change around here. And I think in terms of lessons learned, you know, one of them is, you know, and this kind of goes back to Collins and his, you know, thoughts about, you know, how we go from good to great. You got to get the right people on the bus. You know, I think if you walk around Canvas, what you feel, and, and I've observed this as, you know, because we live in Colorado, lots of people like to come visit, which is wonderful. And, and when they come to the credit union, they always say to me, my gosh, what a special place. You just feel it. And I think the people that are here that are part of our family want to be part of something special. They're energized by that change. They're looking for what's next. And so again, it's such a basic construct, but it's very, very true. You know, how do you get the right people that have those same values and are energized by the same things? And so I think that's one. I think secondly, you know, one of the things that we did really well around the rebrand, as I said, was, making sure it wasn't about any one person or any one team, right? While we think of brand and, and it certainly is owned by marketing, it has tentacles across IT, across our branch network, across you name it. So many people touch it. And so making sure that we had those ambassadors that were part of that journey that helped people to accept the change because it was challenging, right? And there are people that have been here for a very long time that like the old name, you know, and, and all of us, I think as human beings, don't necessarily love change. So you know, even the fact that there was orange as one of our colors, you know, we'd had some people a little grim and grumpy about that. So I think one of the other big lessons, and I shared this with my team, was, you know, there'd be days where, you know, we might have a lot of complaints and they'd get a little bit down. And I would say, you know, I'm so glad we've got some people that have 
concerns about this. You know, one, it gives us an opportunity to help bring them along. And two, if nobody was talking about this, we really wouldn't have done a good enough job of, of picking a new brand identity that's going to carry us into the future. You want it to be interesting enough and different enough that there are going to be some people that maybe don't love it. And, and that's absolutely okay. As you go through a brand change, I'm wondering, is it changing your internal culture at all as well? What is your internal culture feel like and do you have an employee value proposition? Yeah, so, you know, we, I think what's great about Canvas is that this wasn't necessarily about taking a sharp left turn with the name. It was really about the fact that we didn't feel as though the name really represented who we had become. So I don't necessarily think that there's a sharp left turn happening in terms of our culture. Definitely there was when Todd arrived nearly four years ago. You know, he has really brought in an energy and a drive. And I think most importantly, this notion of family. You know, we we don't call each other team members. We don't call folks employees. This really is a family. And, you know, I think many people say that. You might occasionally see it on a wall, but that is who we are here. We take care of one another. We care about one another. We are challenging one another. And we have an awful lot of fun. You know, you talk about, you know, what it's like here. It's very casual. It doesn't feel like a financial institution. And, and why does that matter? And how is it so closely tied to our brand? You know, when you come into one of our branches, we want it to feel very different. We want it to feel like you're coming home. And, and we hear that from our members. And we believe that we can transform financial services with that kind of culture. Um, and it's imperative, you know, as you know, in this market in Colorado, you know, it is really challenging to find talent. And, and my belief is that as an industry, we are in a war for talent. It's very unusual that you find somebody these days that's graduating from university and saying, Hey, you know what I want to do is come work at a credit union. Uh, <laughs> and my dream is as I retire is that we're going to change that and that people are going to be dreaming about working for these amazing organizations. So, you know, that's what we're building with our employee value proposition. We want people that have passion and that really do want to work for an organization that is trying to change people's lives, you know, and, and that mission matters to them, that that's the kind of person that we think will fit in and will be a great part of our family. Very fun. I look forward to the day when there is a banker as a four-year degree. That'd be kind of interesting. Right? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> how, did there, how did all this change draw at your leadership? So this podcast is called the Inspiring Leader Podcast. I love to give leadership tips to help people who are, um, aspiring leaders or leaders wanting to enhance their leadership skills. So just um, how did it draw on that leadership? Yeah. You know, I think one of my biggest lessons in, in being a part of Todd's leadership team is really that notion of servant leadership, right? I am here every day in service of Todd, in service of Canvas and all of our members, in service of my peers, in service of my entire family here. And, and that, is really, really important. I think it keeps us as an organization humble. I think it's a good reminder to all of us every single day about, you know, there's not anything that I can't learn. And, you know, I want, I'm not the person that's going to have all the answers. I want to be the person that is challenging us to think big and bold. And I want to be surrounded by people that feel that way. And so, you know, I think 
this notion of really serving others is what we are all about. And it's been transformational, I think, for me, but I think also for the organization when you look at the other leaders here, that's, that's really what they are all about. And it's, it's wonderful to be surrounded by other human beings that have, that share that. It's fun when you enjoy the people that you work with and have great relationships. We have to spend more time at work than we do with our families. That's the truth. In a week, right? When you that's right. How many hours are actually awake? Um, that's right. The awake hours yeah. the day and usually we're too tired to do anything then. Right. To ask about were there as you've gone through this process, were there defining moments for you or moments where if you had to do it all over again that you could learn from your experience? Any thoughts around that? Yeah, you know, I think I think so much around bringing people along for the ride, you know, you know, inviting people that are kind of the haters to tell their stories, right? You learn so much from people that maybe see the world so differently from you. And I always want to hear that perspective because it makes us better. You know, I'm a perfectionist, so that's very difficult for me. But I like to hear from folks that see things in a different way and to be able to have that healthy dialogue. And, you know, I love that we have an organization where we invite that dialogue. Now, you know, there comes a point in time where we have to be aligned and move forward. And that's uh, an important part of making sure that we have progress. But, you know, I, I think the thing I've learned in the last several years is just, you know, make sure you listen to those dissonant voices. You might not always want to hear it, but it usually makes you better or challenges you to think about something you hadn't quite thought of. Yep. Love that. I have a change class where mm-hmm. leading others through change. And one of the things that we talk about is resistance and how do you make through resistance and how it can be a really positive thing when you look at it. Instead of just thinking of it as being people who are negative, oftentimes they have really positive things that they want to contribute. They see the pothole that you're about ready to walk into. And so you learn to embrace that um, and it helps engage them. It helps move the process along quicker. That's right. So I don't know if you're a reader or not. I know you threw out Jim Collins. uh, Good. Uh, do you have a favorite leadership book? And if you do, why? why? What makes it great? So I'm an English major. So when you ask me about favorite <laughs> books, it's a little like asking somebody about their favorite child. So I, I'll struggle to give you one, but there are a couple that I wrote down. Um, one is Scaling Excellence by Huggy Rao. Uh, I was lucky enough when I was at Feline, he was one of our fellows. He's out of Stanford. And, you know, I think his book is really helpful. It was wonderful, Feline, as a smaller organization, thinking about how you get to scale. It's also, I think, really useful in credit unions as we think about how we scale. You know, even some of the largest credit unions, you know, as you compare us to the big banks, are not necessarily as large. And and this idea of how do we come together as a team? How do we build to scale? How do we then continue to have that grow? I think wonderful book and and really good insights. yeah, and then the other one that I really love, uh, and this title is a little cheesy, but The Go-Getter Leader uh, is one of my favorites. You know, I think just really good reminders about, you know, how we treat one another, how do we listen to others, the fact that sometimes the very best that we can do in a room is to be the quiet one. <laughs> and that's hard for me because I've got a lot of enthusiasm, <laughs> but how do we listen and make sure that we hear those voices? Um, yeah, so those are just a couple that I really love. Good. I have heard of the go-getter leader, and I'm going to check out the other one as well. Yeah, 
good. I'm a reader myself. I just am a lifelong learner, so I'm going to check both of those out. My uh, my first CEO that I ever worked for at a credit union once told me that uh, you're only one book away from your next promotion. So <laughs> I always remember that you got to keep reading. Got to keep reading. <laughs> I love that. I love that. We're going to find a quote for that. So, yeah. quote, it, quote and put your name underneath it. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, speaking of quotes, do you have maybe um, a final inspiring quote that we can close today's session with? Well, it's a little long, but if you'll indulge me, uh, my favorite uh, comes from Roy Bergegren. So you know, he uh, obviously was one of the founders of our industry, and I read his quote first at the America's Credit Union Museum in New Hampshire. And if you haven't had a chance to go there, invite people to go. It really, especially if you care deeply about credit unions, they've done a great job of showing our history as a movement. And when I first read and then listened, because they have an audio clip of Ray saying this quote, it gave me the goosebumps because it is just as true today as when he first said it. So I'll share it with you. He said, let us not fool ourselves. Credit unions are made of fine or average human character. We must every so often review our humble beginnings and rediscover what traits of human character made the present staffing growth of the credit unions possible. We must grow big without growing biggity. We must constantly increase in size and potential power without ever losing sight of the individual Bauer and his very personal problems. Having been entrusted with a few things, we must prove our worth to be master over many things. Credit unions are not banks. They are institutions of the people which are finer than any banks because they're operating way down at the level of the people. They are banking democracy, and it is our great responsibility to prove constantly our ability to operate in large fields with the same old-fashioned honesty and simplicity, which made credit unions so very exceptional in the beginning. So that's my favorite. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. I've never heard that before, and I love the the roots of the credit union. Credit unions have um, a long history in the United States and elsewhere now. That's very true. Very true. Very inspiring. Yeah. Thank you so very much. Well, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it was really fun to learn more about the inside happenings of what's going on with Canvas. Thank so, you so much. My pleasure. You've been listening to the Inspiring Leader Podcast with Annette Matthews, leadership specialist, emotional intelligence coach, and everything disc guru. For more information on how Aspen Edge can work with you and your business, visit aspenedgeconsulting.com today.